the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The airing of this program by this station is not an endorsement or recommendation by the station of the products or services discussed in the program. The station does not guarantee the results of any investments made by a listener to this program. Welcome to the Andrea K Show. Smooth like butter, sweet like honey, looks so good like she made of money. She's blonde, five foot two, and 102 pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea K. It's a woman's world. Welcome to Hour 2 of tonight's Andrea Kay Show. There is a press conference right now in uh, San Jacinto County, Texas, regarding the suspect being captured, the one who killed five people on Sunday. If uh, we find out that there's anything that was said in this press conference that was something that's really important for y'all to know, we will share that with you later on in the show. Uh, But now, Tuesdays, at 7 p.m. is the time in which we have some giggles with our dear friend, Gary You wanted a, a Taco Tuesday sound effect. Gary Quackenbush is our Taco Tuesday sound effect. Well, he is, because when you think Gary Quackenbush, you think tacos. tacos. You think crunchy tacos, tacos too, right? The crunchy kind. I, I'm not a soft taco girl. I want my tacos crunchy. Crunchy tacos, the real American way. Exactly. And I like How are you, Andrea? I'm excellent, thank you. Thank you for asking and being a gentleman. I, you know what? I've got a question for you. I don't think I've ever asked you this. It's one of my favorite questions to ask people mm. as, as, that are my friends. And I asked this at James Hurston. We had Hurston, from Ho- Hurston on Hollywood on earlier because of a writer's strike. And I love, love, love the movies. What is your favorite movie, Gary Quackenbush? Oh, my goodness. Favorite movie of all time? I know it's hard because, like, for me, I have favorite movies for each genre, like a favorite comedy, favorite Mm rom-com, favorite this. My overall favorite movie is The Godfather. Interesting. Well, that is very interesting because that's that's a classic, man. A lot of stuff has come out of that one. How interesting. Well, yeah. Well, what happened was it's kind of not. Well, when you hear the story, you go, yeah, my parents wouldn't let me watch it when I came on TV when I was a kid. So I thought, well, it must be good. So I went to the library and checked out the book and read it and (laughs) fell in love with the characters and read it. I read it all the way through, then started again and read it, read it straight through twice and just fell in love with it and couldn't wait till I could see it. And so it was kind of an unnatural fascination I had. And the movie did not disappoint. And so I just love it so much. Um, Now I've given you time to think of an answer. What's your answer? I know. Well, it depends on the genre. Okay, so... It really does. Okay, so I... I mean, I just like anything. I know this is really weird. I I have like this... I have this list of all the movies I want to see on my hit list, and they just keep getting longer and longer and longer. Mm -hmm. My favorite thing is like when when I'm by myself 
and there's nobody else wants to watch a movie with me. I go get out these movies that I know people think are really dumb, and I get all I watch. <laughs> so them, you're the aficionado I, of bad movies. Is that what you're trying to tell us? Well, just some of them are. Just you're so, a, you're a friend of the bad movie. You're a friend of the underdog. <laughs> just it's so yes, scary. The movies that just get slammed, like Battleship. I thought that was really a cool movie. I don't even know it, who was in that. Who Gary, was there's two oh. people that like that movie. You and me. Yeah, Battleship. Because who was in Battleship? It. Well, I don't even. I have. Oh well. Oh, one um, Rihanna was one. She was the only one I remember. But um, oh, believe it or not, she was a soldier in that one. But I mean, (laughs) I like movies where there's like this. (laughs) You really are a nice man. Now you next, you're going to tell me you liked Glitter with Mariah Carey and Ishtar with with Warren Beatty. (laughs) Oh my goodness! I mean, movies like. Hidden Figures was was oh, off I the loved charts. Hidden Figures. Oh Absolutely my loved that gosh, that movie because it was super well done and the historical part of oh. it. And I'm just like going, oh. I had. I mean, I was so I no into idea. space and all the travel and the moon landings and the first rocket going up and and then it just did this great historical thing and it brought in you know how this these cultural differences and that to me was that was incredible. I, I can never remember the name one. of that actress, but she was just her dignity, just everything, uh, just what a movie, just uh, just unbelievable. Kevin Costner was great in it as well. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah so Hidden Figures is great. I I loved that one. I I mean I I love Star Trek, I love Star Wars, I like Harry Potter. Uh, I mean, I just like excuse me, while James I Bond movies. I love and I I've seen every James Bond movie from the very beginning. You're the man. If you said me too. what's your favorite James Bond movie? I'd say my favorite James Bond movie was in His Majesty's Royal Service. Okay, I think that's in my, his, Maj- my in his Majesty's my service. Day. Oh, the one with the uh, the guy that only did it uh, one time. Yep, and he was married, and his wife died in the movie. In his it's Majesty's a very, it's a very underappreciated Bond film, but it's a good one. Oh, it's a good one because it's I I, I like it. He was athletic and all that. So anyway, George Lazenby. I just that's what it was. Yeah, and see, I am not like a movie nerd. Like. I, I'll see a movie and people go, well, you know, that happened and it actually wasn't realistic. And I just go, shut up. Yeah. <laughs> because I'm the guy. You're I'm the guy so that can, sus- you're the guy that can suspend his disbelief and actually, you know, oh, really get into it. You don't need. So good at yeah, that. Yeah. Cause I'm like that too, in some ways. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I really don't like a lot of CGI. I don't, I don't like a lot of graphics stuff. I like, I mm-hmm. like a character driven drama. I like the story to be able to carry. I don't want, I don't like a movie that has to have a lot of graphics and, and stuff, special effects to carry it. Um, all right, got to move on into uh, okay. our, our – got to get serious now. See, I could just rap with Gary about anything. Okay, so do you have That's some fine. wacky laws Thanks. for us to – oh, by the way, I got, I've gotten some emails. Excuse me for interrupting. Yeah, uh, yeah. When we get into news you can use, Gary, we'll, we will take your questions if you want to call in. If you have an estate planning question, uh, I, I got an email the other day and uh, asking if Gary will take questions, 888-344-1170. Right now, though, he's going to give us the wacky laws. Well, I think these – there's two that are just protecting our dignity, uh, and I thought they were really stupid laws. In Baltimore, Maryland, it is – it's against the law to run in a public park with a sleeveless shirt. <laughs> okay? <laughs> That's just like – that's icky conservative. That I is know. bizarre. I love, I love, love, love this law because <laughs> – why do you love this law? Because there is no man who should ever be out. I don't like <laughs> men who wear T-shirts with no sleeves. I don't want to see a man in a wife beater. I don't want to see a man in a sleeveless T-shirt. 
<laughs> thank you to the lawmakers of Delaware. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. I know that you were thinking of the women with the bat wing flabby arms, but you know what? We ladies don't want to see a man in a sleeveless T-shirt, and I guarantee you skins would never be seen in public in a sleeveless T-shirt. No way. Never, because he has dignity. Oh, that is so funny. That is so funny. Thank you, lawmakers of Delaware. Can San Diego, can you please put this on the books? I appreciate it. Thank you. I come up with these funny, stupid laws, and then Andrea goes, I love that law. That's what's so fun about this. Well, then you'll like this one. In in Mississippi, you know, the nutrition labels where you walk into a restaurant and you go, oh, or you know, a fast food restaurant, you go, what do I want to eat today? And you go, oh, my gosh, it's 1,100 calories. Ah, Screw it. I'm not going to eat anything today. Right. In Mississippi, those are unenforceable. And restaurants are not forced to include nutrition information or calorie counts on the menus. I'm going, go Mississippi. Yeah. If I'm going to do fast food, I know it's a bad idea. Just leave me alone. Uh, look, I grew up in the South, spent a lot of time in Mississippi, still have family in Jackson and Hines County. And let me tell you, you, you already know, okay? You grow up down there. You know you're going to eat a biscuit and gravy. You know, mm-hmm. especially if you got some scrambled eggs and you got some other sausage and stuff going on with it. You know you're about to consume about 2,000 calories, about 98 fat grams, and about 2,000 <laughs> sodium grams. And you know what? That's life. So, right. you so know, don't don't try to legislate exactly my enjoyment, don't, my comfort right. food. Don't bust my groove when I'm eating, you know, some good soul food. Done. OK, Absolutely. thank you. Thank you. All right. All right. I mean, let's switch to Twitch. Oh, OK. You ready? Yeah, I am. Okay. Let me update the listeners. Okay, um, we've been following the story um, about Twitch, who was one of my favorite dancers and entertainers in Hollywood. He had this darling wife. They did all these shows together, like Disney weddings. And he took his life two weeks before Christmas. And then I found out, and then we started talking about it because it was like, you know, you just got to make sure you get your affairs in order because you never know, right? Then we find out he died without a will. Then I find out that that his wife had to... um, go into probate court and actually and and my question for you last week was i think it was or the week before you know it, she has to get the court to decide whether or not some of his businesses and stuff goes to her or not and i thought and i remember asking you i thought california as a as in the state that it was community property state that um everything automatically goes to the spouse and then you educated us that it doesn't necessarily if it was separate property before the marriage then the court gets to decide where it goes and the court mm-hmm. issued a ruling and it was against her and i'm upset about this okay here's the thing you're gonna love this because you like news that you can use and you like you don't like the bs news cycle okay right. the twitch estate is stuck in the oh i can't see bs in the in the fabulous, fantastic, titillating news cycle. Here's what exactly happened. If you notice, the petition only lasted four months. A probate petition lasts at least nine months, if not 18, easily. What she did was a spousal petition. What the news is saying is she had to go and prove that she was married so she could get half of his stuff. The truth is what the court determined was all of his property was community property. That's why they had that's why they said, you know, it was basically determined that when he came into the marriage he had nothing at all and everything was brought up during the marriage. I.e., if they put it in English, 
everything was community property. Okay, her spousal petition is to say, one, I want to say everything is community property, and two, I want his half of our community property. And the court said, you're right. It's all community property, and we are granting you his half of your community and you already own yours. She got 100%. Oh, good. See, thank she you. She got 100%. For, thank you for clarifying. Okay, we've got a caller yes. on the line. Jack is okay. on the line from Oceanside, and he's got a question. Hey, question. Hey, Jack. Okay, so I believe this is a way to plan your estate that can't be challenged. I think a lot of people don't know about it. And that is you use your all or part of your lifetime tax-free inheritance exemption while you're alive. So in other words, uh, let's say you want to give $1 million to your son. You don't have to wait till you die. You can use part of your tax-free exemption while you're alive. Give him the $1 million. And uh, if, let's say, I don't know what it is right now, but if it's $10 million, you still have $9 million left. Um, Gary, your thoughts? Well, Jack, thank you for calling. How you doing, man? So Hi. what you what you're talking about is the um, it's a gift tax exclusion. So what you can do is you can any any person can transfer up to twelve point six million dollars uh, of gifted money free of tax. So the first twelve point six million dollars that you give away during your life is not taxed at all. No gift tax. In addition. Every time you give away $15,000 or less to each of any person, those are not even included in the $12.6 million. So technically, you can give even more. The thing is that most people don't want to give their money to their kids when they before they die because they might need it. They might need it to take care of themselves, and that's why a lot of us hang on to our money until we die. We help our kids as we go along, but we want to hang on to our money in case we need it. Demands get higher. We have more expenses, you know, that type of thing. So it's true, Jack. You can give away the first twelve and you know the first twelve point six million dollars that you give away is free of um, gift tax. However, the basis. The tax basis, considered the purchase basis of all gift property, is the giver's gift basis. In other words, if you said, you know what, I want to make sure my kid gets my house. I've owned this thing for 30 years. I only paid $40,000 you know, 40, for it. It's worth you know, a million dollars now. I'm going to give it to my kid. You can gift the house to your kid. No gift tax. You have to file a gift tax return, and it will show million dollars. Excluded amount up to twelve million, so excluded amount is a million zero. So there's no gift tax. You, you don't have to pay gift tax. He gets it gift tax free. However, two things happen. One is he gets it at your basis, which is forty thousand dollars. So when he sells it someday, he has to start at forty thousand dollars. And if he sells it for a million, minus his you know his capital gains exclusion, he's got a seven hundred and fifty thousand dollar gain, payable fifty percent. So he's going to spend you know, three or $400,000 in taxes. If you wait, if he inherits it from you, instead of getting it gifted, if he inherits it from you, there's no gain when he sells it, period. So he could sell the million dollar house the day after he inherited it and he pays zero tax. And that's with all things that are gifted. If you're gonna gift your um, your highly appreciated stock to your kid, you know, you got it for $5, you've had it for 20 years, now it's worth, you know, 
a, a two or three hundred thousand and you gift it to your child, if he sells it the next day, he's got to cap. He's got to pay taxes on it. If he inherited it from you and sold it the next day, no tax. So that's the difference. But you're absolutely right. What if it's just cash? Well, then technically cash has the basis. I mean, cash, there, there is no basis to cash. Cash is just whatever it's worth. So okay. it's a, a dollar is always worth a dollar. I mean, you know, theoretically, no. But yeah, if it's just cash, sure. But um, I mean, cash, like literally bags of cash, um, nobody, you know, it's not traceable anyway. But technically, if you gave your kid more than $15,000 of cash, you'd file a gift tax return and say, yeah, I gave him $16,000. Um, and so of that, 15 goes without being reported. 1,000 gets reported. So you gave him a $1,000 reportable gift. That's not right. taxable. Thanks for so calling in, Jack. I just to throw that out there because I think a lot of people don't realize that they don't have to wait till they die. They can actually give away their stuff while they're alive. Right. And right. Thank you. Jack, yeah. got to leave it there. We're up against a break. Thank you for calling in. I appreciate it. Um, yeah, good uh, questions, Gary. Yeah. And it just Sorry goes for to... the long answer. But, no, yeah. that's okay. You know, we had a caller call in with the questions, and, and I appreciate that. Yeah. Just, there's a lot to it. And so, you know, it's, it, you know, I appreciate him calling in, but there's a, there's a lot more to it. That's why your answer was long. And so mm-hmm. I don't want to give the impression that, you know, just, yeah, go do this. These are all things that you, ta- you discuss with people, yes. and it's a case-by-case. Case. Oh, yeah, and there's... Most people don't give gifts because you don't want to give the gift because you can you can spend it on them and you can provide it sure but um, you know people make mistakes when they go and sit, they do these huge gifts to their kids and they realize they just caused a massive tax problem. Yeah, exactly. All right, Gary, how do people get a hold of you? Eight five 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 hundred trust. All righty, my dear. Go take it easy. Yes. You till next week, doll. Thanks, Have a you. good one. Have a good one. Night. Night now. All right, stay tuned. We're going to take a little break, and then I am going to update y'all on Hunter Biden, and I'm also going to see if there was any interesting revelations out of this press conference from Texas that had to do with the suspect now being in custody. Stay tuned. of this program by this station is not an endorsement or recommendation by the station of the products or services discussed in the program. The station does not guarantee the results of any investments made by a listener to this program. Andrea K, bringing the world a much-needed reality check. You're listening to the Andrea K show on the Answer San Diego. Welcome back. It's a little smooth groove, a little jazz. Right now, we got the Jazz and Heritage Festival happening in New Orleans. At least it did happen this past weekend. Good times down in New Orleans. Speaking of Louisiana, we got a couple of clips here to play from a man, Kennedy. There was a SCOTUS ethics hearing. I think this might have had something to do with it. I haven't really been paying a whole lot of attention to the attacks on uh, Justice Thomas. It's just so not even... It's so beneath him. It's so beneath... It just... It's just disgusting. Um, you know, we they're going to go after, a, a, you know, uh, a brilliant African-American who who made it to the highest court in the land, who's absolutely brilliant. And they hate him. The left absolutely hates him because he's black. You know, they hate him because he's black. How dare he be a conservative? How dare he be conservative? And, and by me, conservative, I have no idea how he votes. 
But I know he's a conservative because what is conservatism supposed to be about? The U.S. Constitution, right? Limited government. You can tell by his rulings and his judgments and his dissents uh, how where he stands, right? And they absolutely and he never hate him. really wavers. No, he doesn't waver. They also hate him because he was supposed to go down after that despicable way in which they tried to destroy him with that Anita Hill accusations and the Coke can. And, and, but the dignity he showed was unbelievable. But yet they're continuing to try to go after him because they want him taken down so that they can remove him from the court. Right. They're trying to cancel Justice Thomas. So I believe and and it's all surrounding some allegations that he took some vacations with a wealthy friend of his as though that means he was on the take. Right. Unbelievable. Well, how they've gone after him while they've covered up the crimes of Hunter Biden that involve underage girls allegedly on his laptop just goes to show you how despicable these people are. Um, Here's what uh, Justice, uh, not Justice, Senator Kennedy had to say in the SCOTUS ethics hearing clip four. I remember the Democratic leader's words of March 4th, 2020 on the steps of the United States Supreme Court like they were yesterday. I want to tell you, Gorsuch, he said, not Justice Gorsuch, Gorsuch. I want to tell you, Gorsuch, I want to tell you, Kavanaugh, you have released the whirlwind and you will pay the price. You won't know what hit you if you go forward with these awful decisions. Wow. Just wow. Mm-hmm. I think Matthew twelve thirty six is correct. For by thy words you shall be justified, and by thy words you shall be condemned. Boom shakalaka, our man Kennedy. That's just, that's the Democrat Party in a nutshell. You're either going to go along with what we tell you to do. You're going to go along with our plan. You're going to submit or we're going to destroy you. No different than Mao's revolution. No different than the Red Guard. It's one big struggle session. There's no excuse for why we don't know who released that Dobbs decision. We know that they wanted people camped outside the justices' homes. We, we, you, you know that because they weren't arrested as they committed felonies. They wanted assassination attempts. Absolutely. You don't think they would want a justice popped off? Come on now. Here's another comment that Kennedy made at the ethics hearing today about uh, the American voters. Clip five. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Americans may be poorer under the Biden administration, but they are not stupid. They know what's going on here. They do. The problem is, though, 
that a lot of them that know what's going on there are all on board with this communist revolution taking place in this country. And they're perfectly happy living under the United States, thinking like the useful idiots that they are, that only the Kavanaugh's, only the Gorsuch's, only the Jan 6 defendants, only the Trumps of the world, only the Papadopoulos's and the Roger Stones are going to be the one that are going to be crucified and persecuted and prosecuted. Yeah, they think because they're going along with it, they're going to be spared. Exactly. Exactly. Which is why they're the quintessential useful idiot. And these are people that continue to vote Democrat in spite of what it means in terms of their own demise going forward. But they are, but the American people are getting fed up with Biden's America. Did you see the video skins? It was in a TJ Maxx. And I'm getting hiccups. Um, I don't, it's some town in California. And these two pieces of human waste go in there two african americans yeah i said it two black girls look like in their early early 20s loaded up with bags of all kinds of stuff and this big dude who looks like he was in his 60s silver gray hair mustache he sees one stomp out with a bunch of goods and he's seeing the second one try to do the same thing and he proceeds to try to stop her she punches him in the face and he continues to try to wrestle her to the ground and at this point she's a lot younger than him and is close to the door Uh, he got some hits in on her she managed to make her way out um, without the goods by the way and he is a nominee for hero of the week that's awesome yeah because those workers are standing there doing nothing. And you know what? This was a dude that was probably like, I'm done. I've had it. I've had it with these animals. Is this here in California? It was in California. He's thinking, I've had it with these animals. This is probably a dude who looked like he were, you know, it's hard to tell. He might have been a doctor for all I know. But he's looking like somebody that probably swung a hammer in his life or maybe was a plumber. Somebody, he was not of the manor born. At least he didn't look like he was, you know. But even if he had been, even if he had been a successful businessman, he looked like he was obviously self-made. Because you don't see Bill Gates shopping at TJ Maxx, right? Probably somebody that, that has never stolen anything a day in his life, worked hard for what he got, earned it honestly. Probably somebody who might have gone through bankruptcy at some point because he was overextended and couldn't pay his bills and probably hung his head in shame going into bankruptcy court. And then you get these two... There's almost nothing worse to me than a thief, somebody who steals. Obviously, the worst of the worst. Thieves and liars can't stand them. Yeah, because you know what? You're taking something that's somebody else's property, something somebody else worked hard for, spent their own money on. I don't know how TJ Maxx got founded, but all of our largest corporations started somewhere, started small somewhere, invested their own money, took out loans. Assume legal liability, probably been sued at times, probably went hungry at times trying to make the payroll. And then somebody's just going to steal from them. That's the absolute, almost the worst. The worst to me are those that, that would hurt a child. Hat tip to Governor DeSantis, by the way. He has said that he will uh, sign a, a bill that will provide the death penalty for pedophiles that uh, uh, assault children under the age of 12. The only criticism I have is that why 12? It's just as bad on a 13-year-old. Go all the way. Yeah. Make it all the way. And this is where DeSantis bothers me a little bit. He never goes far enough. He never goes far enough, in my opinion. He's, he's, he's squishy. And it gives the impression... You think he's worried about image? 
Uh, I I think that I think that um, yeah I think that uh, I think he takes the easy right w- way a little optics bit optics to the middle I think optics to the middle yeah is what I think all right we're gonna take a break we come back guess what states are suffering the largest uh, population and tax revenue losses gee imagine that as we're as we go into tomorrow uh, the resumption supposedly of the debt talks stay tuned. You're listening to somebody who tells it like it is. Andrea Kay on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea Kay show. Anybody out there looking for a job? I saw this job posting skins. You're kind of an adventurous dude, but I don't even think you would do this. Um, There's a, a, where was this? I don't even know where I heard about this, but there is a job opportunity. If y'all are out there looking for a job. Almost. It's at one of the world's most isolated islands. It's low pay and long hours. <laughs> with a headline, That's not going to do it. With a posting like that, who wouldn't want this job, right? There is like there was a job that it was it in the Seychelles, um, that uh, that where you get to. There's even celebrities that have applied for it. I thought about applying for it last summer, but I couldn't take Gator, and it's basically running their bookstore. And you have to be like a book lover and curate books for them. And you get to live on this amazing island for like nine months or something. If, but I couldn't take Gator. Um, but this is not a job I'd be interested in. This is on Go Island, G-O-U-G-H. It's approximately 1,500 miles from the African mainland. And it's home to 8 million birds. Um, it's, uh, the people posting the job is a British wildlife group, wildlife group, and they're looking for somebody to spend 13 months on one of the most remote islands in the world to study its bird population. I don't know any, I know some people that like birds. I don't know anybody that likes birds. I will tell you right now, except for the pay, everything else you just told me about this job, my brother would take it in a heartbeat. Really? He loves that type of stuff. Oh yeah. He's like a wildlife bird guy. Oh yeah. Who remembers you? You're younger. Who remembers Mutual of Omaha's Wild Kingdom on Sunday nights? I do. What was the guy's name? It was. What was the guy's name? The host. There was the host, and then he had the dark-haired guy who was like the eight 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 three four four eleven seventy. I need to use a phone a friend. I need somebody to call in. Um, Mutual of Omaha's Wild Kingdom. I used to love that show. I, I love that show, and I also loved A Wide World of Sports, The Thrill of Victory and the Agony of Defeat. Who who doesn't remember that skier? He lived, by the way. But that was always in the opening scenes of that TV show. Um, gosh, it's like... It, um, it's going to drive me crazy, Skins. I want to say Bert, but it wasn't Bert. Anyway, Skins is going to find that. This job is posted by the Royal Society for the Protection of Birds. They posted the job listing for a new field officer on Go Island, a British territory in the South Atlantic. Uh, get this. The position pays 
25,000 to 27,000 pounds per year. That's less than 35K. And it requires a science degree or equivalent field experience as well as a willingness to work frequent long hours tracking birds. According to the listing, this position offers a unique opportunity for a highly motivated and disciplined candidate with relevant fieldwork skills and a keen interest in wildlife who can adapt well to small island living in a challenging and remote sub-Antarctic environment. The listing said, do we have a caller who's got uh, an Your phone-a-friend has called in. Very good. Hi, phone-a-friend. Do you have an answer for me A mutual uh, of Omaha's Wild Kingdom? I think it wasn't Marlon Perkins. Yes, Marlon Perkins. Thank you, thank you, thank you. He had a he had a like his little backup dude, right? Does anybody know his name? Do you know who that was? He was good. Uh, I don't remember that. He was good looking. So maybe now I need another. But the, at least you got the Marlon Perkins. That was going to drive me crazy. Do you remember the show? Oh yeah, I I uh, I'm almost seventy, so I. I uh, remember all those shows. That was a great do show. Rem- do you remember the Wild Animal Park up in Orange County? It was, um, oh, I forgot the name of it. That's when the elephant got out on the freeway and they finally <laughs> had to shut the place down. No, <laughs> but I love the story. <laughs> yeah, it, it was, um, uh, the, there's a couple of um, South Africans that opened that up up there in Orange County and uh, and you could drive through it and all the animals. Oh, fun. And every- yeah, what the, what the heck was the name of that? It's. It's on a website of all a, a closed and abandoned parks, and they're one of them. When I was a kid, we were on vacation up in uh, Santa, I think it was San Francisco area, and we went to this animal park up there, and we got to ride an elephant and uh, and something else, and that was a cool park. A little trivia, when I was at LSU, we our, our mascot is the Bengal tiger, right? LSU Tigers. We have an actual tiger in an amazing habitat at LSU, and it's right across the street from the stadium, which also underneath the stadium had a dorm at the time. I don't know if there's still a dorm in Tiger Stadium. Well, Mike the Tiger got out, a real-life Bengal tiger, and was roaming the campus of LSU one night in the middle of the night. And can you imagine Imagine being one of the, one of the frat boys or one of the the dudes coming back to the dorms at like three in the morning, and you see Mike Mike the Tiger. That's crazy, right? Um, Marlon Perkins, excellent. All right, so you think you've got a brother that would do this job? No, I don't think I know. My brother would snap it if he didn't have a family and was well rooted here in San Diego. And you know, and who knows if he didn't have that family, maybe the pay would be okay. Yeah, there's no permanent human population. I, he wouldn't care. Seven people there and around eight million birds that call it home. That's a lot so, of birds. Yeah. It's like it, it, uh, seven million birds. It doesn't look particularly pretty. It's not like. I'm picturing lots of trees and. Yeah. Yeah. It's down off of South Africa, though. And I guess the good news there is if you could afford it. I don't know how you get back and forth. Maybe you could. Uh, Rebecca Goodwill and Lucy Dorman, two of the seven full-time workers on the island, told the BBC they eat packaged or frozen meals that are stored in two walk-in freezers that are stocked annually. One's full of frozen veggies. The other's basically full of frozen meat. And then we've got lots of tinned frozen fruit and veg. They give us a year's uh, worth of supply of food during the two that two-week takeover time, and we live off it for the rest of the year. So they don't, they don't go back and forth. I, that's it? Frozen veggies and meat? I mean, there's no frozen Marie Callender's pies. There's no, let me tell you, some Twinkies will last a lifetime. Oh, those things never go bad. Right. They have internet access, which the women say allow them to communicate with friends. 
So, um, okay. That's a lot of hours on Facebook. Yeah, for sure. All right, going to take a break. We come back. Final segment of tonight's Andrea K. Show. You're listening to The Andrea K. Show on The Answer San Diego. <laughs> Somebody on Facebook Live said that Bird Island should be called Doodoo Island. <laughs> Seven million birds. <laughs> Chris from El Cajon's on the line. He wants to talk more about the, the Wild Kingdom. Hey, Chris, welcome to The Andrea K. Show. Oh, hello. Hi. Okay, um, on that show, the guy who did all the action, he was like the stuntman, was Jim Fowler. He was the one that go out there and like, throw a net over a gazelle or wrestle with an alligator or something while Marlon Parkins just kind of sit back with WK, the chimpanzee or something. <laughs> right. Yeah. Jim Fowler is the guy that did all the work. <laughs> yeah. And, and took all the risk. <laughs> like even on the tonight show or sometimes they would like shows like that, they would bring up like a skit kind of showing that. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah. I would want to be the Marlon Perkins. Of of the duo, the one that gets to sit back hanging out with a little cool pocket pal friend, you know, the little gorilla or whatever it yeah, was, monkey. It was a chimpanzee. Chimpanzee. Or safari or something. Yeah, but, you know, as a little girl, I remember thinking that other dude was good looking, right? I didn't, re- I don't remember the name Jim Fowler, but Marlon Perkins was, was, was smart, whoever the producer was, and which I assume was him, you know, he, uh, he came up with a good concept. Have the other guy go and, and take the risk who's good looking and you just get to sit back and have some fun. I don't know why we don't still have shows like that on TV, right? I mean, why not? Yeah, and Chuck Cousteau was another show. <gasps> oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Remember, he had his annual TV uh, specials that he did. And that's really, I'd always loved the ocean. I always loved the water. Always fascinated with sharks. And that was when I met uh, uh, met as a viewer um, Rod and Valerie Taylor. Do you remember Rod and Valerie Taylor? They were this couple that decided to dive with sharks. And I remember watching with remember my that. brother. Yeah, I remember watching. She put on this... Um, like made of mesh. mesh and went down there and she put her arm out and he bit right through that, that, um, that mesh sleeve on her. And it was that also was, the Irwins too. The Irwins. Well, they're the, uh, the crikey crocodile, crocodile hunter hunt. family. Um, but back in the Jacques Cousteau at, you know, he was really at the forefront of, um, ocean uh, oceanography and people being able to see what's going on. I used to watch that stuff with my dad. Oh my gosh, I love Jacques Cousteau so much, and that was when I decided I wanted to be a certified scuba diver, which I did do at one point in my life. So we just don't that kind of good TV just doesn't happen anymore. It we have not. National Geographic Channel, um, but I just think that's such good family friendly TV. Do you remember Chris Wide World of Sports? Oh yeah, with the coats. And everything. Thrill of victory and the agony of defeat. Yeah, it showed the wipeout of the the wipeout of the ski guy who, who actually the wipeout was worse than. I mean, he actually got up and walked away. I think after that, he certainly survived. That's when I fell in love with um, big wave surfing, which to this day. Um, I love big wave surfing. It's on my bucket list list to go to Nazare in Portugal. Where do the, you surf, AK? No, I don't surf. I couldn't ride. I don't have. I'm not good with the balance. I couldn't ride a skateboard when I was a kid either. So no, I'm not a surfer. Chris, thank you for calling in. I appreciate it. 
You're welcome. Thank, Thank you. Thank you. Seems like I've had a whole theme throughout tonight's show of like Hollywood and TV and movies. But this is just what's so much about America. I mean, when you think of an American culture, you think Hollywood and the entertainment industry, which we created. Used you, to be so good. Yeah. And, you know, Biden saying the other day that the Muslim influence on our country and the entertainment and the arts. It's like, no, this is an American culture thing. And have other cultures contributed to our entertainment industry absolutely but this is something that was created by america that we we've done and it and it's and this is our culture that well, we and created. think about it and i'm not going to mention a specific movie because this isn't movie specific but think of all of the different groundbreaking movies in different eras that tom cruise has been a part of and it's really kind of uh, just energized you know the very fabric of society well, I don't know that I'm going to go that far and give Tom Cruise that much credit. I think probably ter- in terms one example. Yeah, well, I'm just saying he is one example. He is one example. Um, you know, I think of uh, I've been so influenced and just had so many great memories of watching so many amazing films. You and I were talking about Carol Burnett. Oh my gosh, her T. Oh my God, the Carol Burnett show. But I think about movies that influenced me that I love so much. Like, what do you think the number one movie that influenced you? Well, influenced me. There was a scene in terms of endearment that I think really speaks about the mother daughter relationship. I don't think influence is the right word because I'm not influenced. My beliefs and my opinions are not influenced. So much. Um, um, I've 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 spent a lot of time thinking of pondering psychology, and movies help me ponder that of so many great characters. Right? Um, There's been a lot of documentaries that I've watched that have helped inform me uh, that are amazing to me. But mainly, movies move me. And can can make me laugh and cry. I was so glad the first time I watched The Color Purple, I was alone. Because the end of that movie, when Cece is reunited with her sister, I sobbed like a child. And the movie in color, uh, the color purple, was one of my one of my great greatest experiences watching a movie. I love that so much. But some of the classics, To Sir with Love, Lilies of the Field, um, was incredibly moving to me as as a kid. Um, those are some of my my favorites. Some of the classics, uh, Casablanca, of course. Oh, Casablanca, I love. That um, but Godfather is my all time favorite movie. All time favorite movie. Um, you know what? We can keep this conversation rolling on the socials. You can email us, andreakshow.com, with your favorite movie. You can call us on our 24-hour comment line, 844-814-5227. Do you have a favorite movie, TV show? I'm going to continue to ponder the movies that have... And then comedies. I mean, old school, I laugh my hiney off, and I still do every time I watch old school and bridesmaids. Email me at Andrea K. Show. We'll be back tomorrow for Hump Day. We've got Todd Benzman who's going to be here to talk about the border. Financial Thought Doctor will be here. See you tomorrow. Love you all. Peace out. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.